C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us today. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer, CloroxHealthcare.com forward slash Radio. It's a great pleasure to welcome our guest joining us today. We have Dr. Mary Beth Doerr, Ph.D., Clinical Director, Clinical Research, Infectious Disease, and Product Development Team Lead for Bezlotoximab from Merck and Company Incorporated. Dr. Doerr joins us today to discuss the latest developments in C. diff research and treatment. At this time, I'd like to welcome our guest to the program, so thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Doerr. Thank you, Nancy. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, it's a pleasure for you to be here with us, too, and we're so happy to um, be able to speak with you about the C. diff developments in research and treatments. And Dr. Doerr, we understand that Merck has a new medication, the bezlatoximab, or Zimplava, that is now available. Um, can you tell us about the bezlatoximab? Sure, Nancy. Um, Bezlatoximab was approved by the FDA last fall, and it's available throughout the U.S. and in some European countries. Its brand name is Zinplava, as you mentioned. Um, Bezlatoximab, we also call it Bezlo for short. It's a fully human monoclonal antibody that binds to C. difficile toxin B, and it prevents it from binding to epithelial cells that line the gut. So essentially, it's an antitoxin, and it works the same way that natural antibodies that we would produce in our body work. Um, So natural antibodies um, are the ones that we produce on our own. And some people's immune systems can't produce effective antibodies when they are exposed to a foreign invader, for example, C. diff. And um, this happens with aging and sometimes in people who are taking drugs which suppress the immune system. So bezlatoximab is what's called a form of passive immunity. Um, it's an antibody that, work, that was um, designed to work specifically against C. difficile toxin B. Okay, Dr. Doerr, thank you so much. And can you tell us why, why is the Bezlo different than any other therapies given to patients diagnosed with a C. difficile infection? Um, that's a good question. So, um, as I'm sure your listeners know, the most commonly used therapies given to treat patients with C. difficile infection are antibiotics. That makes sense um, because antibiotics kill bacteria and C. difficile is a bacteria. These antibiotics um, that are commonly used include metronidazole, vancomycin, and fidaxomycin, which is also known as deficit. Bezlatoximab, though, it does not kill the bacteria. As I mentioned um, earlier, bezlatoximab inactivates the toxin, toxin B of C. difficile. And uh, why is this important? It's because the toxins are what cause the symptoms of C. difficile infection. In fact, there are some strains of C. difficile that do not produce toxins. Those strains of C. difficile do not cause disease. It is only the strains that produce toxins that cause disease. So it makes sense to have a therapy that is directed specifically against the toxin. But I should caution um, that bezotoximab is not given alone. It is also given with the antibiotic. So um, it's a combination of bezotoximab given with the antibiotic. The antibiotic cures the initial infection. Bezotoximab is actually there to prevent it from coming back, so to prevent C. diff recurrence. Okay. And Dr. Doerr, you said that Bislow prevents the C. diff recurrence. Can you tell our listeners why this is so important? Um, sure, Nancy. But first, I want to explain why recurrence happens. 
We know that the antibiotics that I mentioned before are effective in 80 to 90% of the patients who receive a 10 to 14 day course of treatment. However, after the treatment is completed, there is a risk that the symptoms will come back within a few days or up to a few months later. We call this a relapse or a recurrence. Now, um, seed of the seal exists in two different forms, an active form that can multiply and produce toxins, and that's the form that causes disease, and a spore form. This spore form is inactive, and it needs certain conditions in order to be converted into the active form. So even if the spores exist, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will become in a form that produces toxins. They need the right conditions. The antibiotics, unfortunately, cannot kill the cetaphacille when it's in the spore form. And spores are everywhere, especially in the hospital environment. And they're very hardy. They can't be killed with normal cleaning materials, and they persist on surfaces for up to five months. So if the spores are ingested and conditions are favorable, then even if the patient had been successfully treated with an antibiotic, the cycle can start again. The spores can turn into the active form, produce toxins, which then cause the symptoms of diarrhea and abdominal pain um, that sufferers of C. diff are very familiar with. And so what are the favorable conditions that can lead to these spores becoming active? Well, the most frequent condition is a disrupted microbiota. This is caused most often by use or overuse of antibiotics. When the good bacteria in the gut are killed by antibiotics, the conditions are improved for C. diff spores to be converted into the active toxin-producing form. So now that I explained why recurrence happens, I can answer the question you asked, which is why is it important to prevent C. difficile recurrence? Now, depending on what study you read, um, 15 to 50% of patients who have a first episode of C. diff infection will experience a recurrence after completing the therapy with the antibiotics that I spoke about. Some studies have shown that the severity of the second infection and associated complications increase for patients who have one relapse. And then studies have also shown that patients who have one relapse have a 35 to 60% chance of experiencing repeated CDI episodes that sometimes continue for months or years. And recently, researchers at the University of Pennsylvania reported just this month in the Annals of Internal Medicine results from a large retrospective study that they did using an insurance claims database, they found that the incidence of multiply recurrent C. difficile infection increased from 2001 to 2012 by almost 200%. These results of, of this very large study point to the need for therapies to treat and prevent multiply recurrent C. difficile infection. That's right, Dr. Dora, and we agree with that statement wholeheartedly um, because we have so many patients suffering from recurrent C. diff. So thank you for explaining all that. And Dr. Dora, which patients are most likely to have recurrent C. diff? Well, there have been many studies, Nancy, that have investigated the clinical characteristics of patients who have recurrent CDI to see if doctors can predict which patients are more likely to have recurrent C. diff. And as I mentioned, 10 to 15, 10, um, me, 15 to 35% of patients will have a recurrent episode. Now, this means that most patients were, are only going to have a single episode that is cured with antibiotics and doesn't come back. But for that 15 to 35% of patients, you know, we would like to know who they are. Studies have shown that for some patients, the risk of having a recurrence is higher. And the patients who have a higher chance of having recurrent disease are those who are elderly, which is um, generally in most studies considered to be patients who are 65 or older, um, patients who are immunocompromised, um, such as patients who had an organ transplant and are taking drugs that prevent organ rejection, um, patients who had a prior episode of CDI, as I mentioned, um, that, you know, their risk um, goes up um, 
you know, to as high as 40 to 60%. And also patients who need to take antibiotics to treat another infection, um, that will lead to disruption uh, of their gut microbiota, um, which um, a normal gut microbiota is thought to protect against C. difficile and C. difficile recurrence. So antibiotics, more antibiotics, you're going to have this disruption, and that is going to increase your risk for a recurrence. Additionally, okay. there is a strain of C. death that is known to more likely cause recurrent disease. Um, this strain has multiple names, um, depending on the method used to type the strain, and the names um, that um, your listeners may have heard of are NAP1BI or Ribotype 027. Um, but um, not all hospitals type um, the strain, so um, it, it's not often that patients will know that they're infected with that strain. And I want to note that patients without one of these risk factors can also have recurrent disease. There are other risk factors, but the ones that I just mentioned are the most commonly identified risk factors for recurrence. Okay. Well, Dr. Odor, thank you so much for sharing that important information with our global listeners. At this time, we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing the latest developments in CDF research and treatment with our guest, Dr. Mary Beth Doerr. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Join us on November 9th and 10th for the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn from the leading international topic experts and connect with corporate sponsors and exhibitors providing products and services combating C. difficile and healthcare-associated infections worldwide. For more information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call one 877 2343. That's 1-844-4-C-DIFF. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing. Number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you for our listeners listening today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our special guest, Dr. Mary Beth Doerr, Ph.D., Clinical Director, Clinical Research, Infectious Disease, and Product Development Team Lead for Bezlotoximab at Merck and Company Incorporated. Dr. Doerr is here with us to discuss the latest developments in C. diff research and treatments. Well, welcome back to the program, Dr. Doerr. Thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. And doctor, how does BESLO work to prevent reoccurrence in C. diff? Um, so the information that we have about how it works um, is largely based on animal studies and experiments using human cells. So, so I told you before that BESLO binds toxin B, um, but how does it get to the site of where the toxin is? Um, the, the toxin is in the gut, um, but 
bezotoximab um, is given as an intravenous injection, so it's in the blood. So what we know um, is that, or or what we have hypothesized based upon the animal studies and the and the studies in human cells, is that after the antibiotic is completed, if the spores begin to germinate and produce toxins, the toxins then can disrupt the epithelial lining of the gut. This allows bezotoximab to cross over from the blood into the lumen of the gut and bind the toxin, toxin B. And Beslo has a long half-life of approximately three weeks. That means that the concentrations in the blood stay high for a long period of time. And in fact, we were able to measure concentrations in the serum uh, uh, for up to six months after a single dose. So it's there lying in wait for when it's needed. And our studies showed that bezotoximab, and this is studies in humans, showed that bezotoximab was able to prevent recurrences for up to 12 weeks, and 12 weeks was the length of the period we studied in our two large um, phase three um, trials in patients with CDI. Okay. And Dr. Doerr, how is Beslo given, and how many times is it given? So um, it's, it's only given once. It's a single infusion through an intravenous line. Um, it takes about one hour to infuse the drug. Um, so patients um, are either in the hospital um, where they're being treated for their infection or for some other um, reason, or they um, can, um, if they're at home, um, they can go to uh, an infusion center or a clinic where they can have the drug infused. Um, it's a one-hour infusion, and um, it's, uh, the, the drug is um, it's a solution. That's how we provide the drug, and the pharmacist will add it to either normal saline or D5W. I mentioned that the half-life was really long, and for that reason, a single dose is all that is needed. Okay. And Dr. Doerr, you mentioned earlier that it is given with an antibiotic. Does it matter which antibiotic? Um, that's a really good question, Nancy. Uh, in our large clinical trials um, that enrolled approximately 800 patients who got bezlatoximab, we um, allowed the patients, um, the, well, the, the prescribing physician, uh, to prescribe whatever they felt was best for the patient. So that included metronidazole, vancomycin, or fidaxomycin. And approximately 48 percent of patients received metronidazole, about the same amount received vancomycin, and about 4% received fidaxomycin. And what we saw is that regardless of which antibiotic was given, that the reduction in the recurrence rate was the same or was similar. And um, for both vancomycin and metronidazole, because there was a large sample size, um, the difference was statistically significant. Now, for fidaxomycin, um, because there was only 4% of the patients, we did see a reduction in the recurrence um, when fidaxomycin was the antibiotic, um, but that difference was not statistically significant. Okay, and doctor, with Beslo, are there any side effects noted? Um, yes. So, um, in the um, in the package insert, there are lists of common side effects that we're seeing. Now, um, we looked at side effects. Um, specifically the ones that occurred within the first day because we were looking to see if there were hypersensitivity reactions. And fortunately, we did not see like any anaphylactic reactions um, or um, serious hypersensitivity reactions. But we did see some side effects in the first day. And um, the most common of these were nausea, shortness of breath, headache, feeling dizzy, fever, high blood pressure, and feeling tired. We also looked um, at patients or asked them to report side effects that occurred up to four weeks after they received the single dose of bezotoximab, and um, the most common side effects were nausea, fever, and headache. And um, the other thing that we should note is that heart failure um, can occur in patients who receive bezotoximab, and it can be serious. 
So in our, um, our clinical trial, people who had a history of congestive heart failure who received bevacizumab had a higher rate of, of exacerbation of the heart failure and um, a higher rate of death than those who did not receive bevacizumab. In patients with a history of congestive heart failure, the prescribing physician um, is cautioned that bevacizumab should be reserved for use when the benefit of giving it to patients with congestive heart failure outweighs the risks. Okay. And, Doctor, we both know that C. difficile infections are global. Uh, is Beslo available worldwide? So, um, Nancy, it's not available throughout the world, but, um, but at this point, uh, in addition to the United States, it's available throughout the European Union, and um, we are um, currently uh, under review in Japan, Switzerland, and Australia. And we're evaluating additional countries um, that, um, where we may register the drug. And congratulations to that. That's really excellent news. Thank uh, we you. actually have some listeners from Japan and Australia, so they'll be really anxious to hear this good news, too. Um, Dr. Doerr, you mentioned fidaxomycin difficile as one of the antibiotics that can be used with Beslow. This is also a Merck product. Can you tell our listeners about fidaxomycin? Um, sure, Nancy. Um, Fidaxomycin is what is referred to as a narrow-spectrum antibiotic or a targeted antibiotic. What this means is that it works against a small number of gut bacteria, and thus the dysbiosis um, or disruption of the normal gut microbiota that occurs um, with antibiotics, including metronidazole and and vancomycin is reduced when you give fidaxomycin compared to other antibiotics. When fidaxomycin was studied in two large trials, which compared, um, compared it to uh, treatment with vancomycin, the initial cure rate was the same for both drugs. It was about 90%, but the recurrence rate, that is where um, fidaxomycin differed from metronidazole, the recurrence rate was lower, significantly lower for fidaxomycin compared to vancomycin. And this is presumably because of, of what I mentioned, that narrow spectrum. Um, it, it, because it has a narrow spectrum, the, the um, smaller amount of disruption of the microbiota, that is what is thought to be the reason why the recurrence rate is lower with fidaxomycin. Okay, and Dr. Doerr, one last question before we go to break. Is there any certain order a patient has to receive uh, the fidaxomycin? Um, so the package insert um, for fidaxomycin does not restrict um, the use to a specific order. It can be used for the first episode, um, a second episode, or, or beyond. Um, and there's no reason, you know, scientific reason why it can't be used as initial therapy um, for a first episode. And in fact, most of the patients that were studied in phase three, it was their first episode. However, we do understand that most um, physicians prefer to reserve it um, for patients who have multiply resistant, or excuse me, multiple recurrent disease. Um, we do understand that there are going to be new treatment guidelines that the Infectious Disease Society of America are going to be coming out with. Um, the last time they published the guidelines, it was before fidaxomycin was approved by the FDA. And we understand that there will be um, some um, specific recommendations about when to use fidaxomycin. But unfortunately, I have not seen a draft of these guidelines. Um, I've been told that they're going to come out um, within the next couple months, um, but I don't yet know know um, where the experts feel it should be placed. So stay tuned. We will. And thank you so much, Dr. Doerr. We thank you for this important information you share with us. And right now we're going to pause for a commercial break. When we return, we'll continue discussing the latest developments in CDF research and treatments with our guest, Dr. Mary Beth Doerr. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
To help support the C. diff foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 1-844-4CDF. 1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Join us on November 9th and 10th for the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn from the leading international topic experts and connect with corporate sponsors and exhibitors providing products and services combating C. difficile and healthcare-associated infections worldwide. For more information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call one 877 2343. That's 1-844-4-C-DIFF. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff Sports and More, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Mary Beth Doerr, Ph.D., Clinical Director, Clinical Research, Infectious Diseases, and Product Development Team Leader for Bezlotoximab, Merck & Company, Incorporated. Dr. Doerr joins us today to discuss the latest developments in C. diff research and treatment. We welcome you back to the program, Dr. Doerr. Thank you, Nancy. You're welcome. Thank you for spending time with us today to discuss all of these new developments and explain what's available and also in the research and treatments. And Dr. Doerr, can you explain how physicians decide what antibiotic to prescribe to patients with C. difficile infection? Um, Yes, Nancy. Um, So there's a couple ways. I mean, in part, it's based upon their experience. Um, It could be that they're, you know, very used to using metronidazole, um, so they just continue to use that. Um, But in general, um, there are guidelines that um, medical societies write. So, for example, as I mentioned before, the um, Infectious Disease Society of America has some guidelines, um, but um, also the um, gastroenterology group also wrote guidelines, and there's guidelines in Europe um, called the ESCNID guidelines. Um, So, um, so many prescribers will look towards these guidelines uh, to decide uh, how to treat. And um, the guidelines for C. diff are based upon the severity of the disease as well as if the patient is having their first episode versus having a recurrent episode. So they, they all generally are set up that way. So a patient who is having their first episode um, uh, is generally recommended that they get either metronidazole or vancomycin. And if they're having their second episode, um, often uh, it recommends just to, just to 
retry the same thing that was given the first time, um, but um, also it gives higher weight to using vancomycin um, because it's more effective. And also, um, if the in, if the uh, symptoms are severe, then uh, it's recommended to go directly to vancomycin, whether it's a first episode or a second episode or a third episode, because um, vancomycin is shown to be more effective in patients with severe disease. Um, so, um, you know, I, I'm not going to go through what the guidelines are, but just, you know, to answer your question, um, the guidelines um, help um, definitely um, guide therapy. And then there's also, um, at each institution, there may be um, certain um, guidelines put in place, which are usually based upon the, um, the medical society guidelines. But within an institution, there may be rules and there may be um, a requirement, for example, if, uh, before fedaxomycin is used, um, that an infectious disease consult will be needed. Um, so... Um, so there, um, you know, so for your patients um, and your listeners, um, you know, their, their physician, they can ask how they decide and, um, you know, and, and hopefully um, their physician, you know, will be able to explain if there are any specific criteria at their hospital. Okay, and Dr. Doran, let's not forget about the nice insurance companies. They yes. also have guidelines and also um, give uh, their own opinion, and they have their own set in stone. So our, a lot of our physicians are also working constantly with the insurance companies and the patients. So we thank you for... Absolutely. Good point, Nancy. Yeah, we, we have uh, advocated with patients um, who were unable to get off the cycle and the merry-go-round of the vancomycin. So we understand and we thank you for bringing the guidelines up um, to uh, the topic because a lot of our patients are not aware. So thank you very much for that. Um, Dr. Dort, what other therapies are in development for treatment or prevention of C. difficile? Well, um, it's an exciting time for C. diff because there is an awful lot of activity out there. Um, because C. diff is a very complex disease, um, different companies are trying different methods uh, to attack this disease. So um, one way is through highly selective antibiotics, like, you know, what I talked about with fidaxomycin being a target antibiotic. So there are other drugs in development that are, are like fidaxomycin. Is it that they're very narrow spectrum. They work against C. diff, but they don't kill the good bacteria. So the most promising of these is radinolazole, um, which is a novel, minimally absorbed antibiotic that acts through inhibition of DNA synthesis. So um, in a phase two trial, it showed lower recurrence rates compared to vancomycin. And um, they are planning a phase three trial um, for, for this product. Um, another um, thing that has um, been um, studied widely is um, bacteriotherapy. Um, so one of these is fecal microbiota transplant. Um, and um, this is, is not a, um, a formal type of treatment. Um, this is something that is, is experimental and there's various ways that it's given. It's not uniform, um, but it has shown promise and um, there are um, some ongoing, um, ongoing studies and hopefully we'll have more information about the um, safety of this, this treatment in the future. Um, there's also studies with spores, um, so spores that don't cause disease but can displace the, um, the C. diff spores that do cause disease. Um, there was a, um, a very um, promising result from a phase two trial of these um, of spores. And um, then um, there's also um, Rebiotics is studying a fecal microbiota suspension um, that um, or is administered by Enema, and their results were published um, recently, their phase two trial um, that showed um, uh, promise. And they are now um, 
studying additional formulations, and uh, they just announced that their phase three trial has begun. Um, so we'll look to see more from them. And uh, the other thing that I should talk about is um, non-toxigenic C. difficile. There was a study um, using a non-toxigenic form um, of C. diff, and it um, it showed that it was um, it, it was uh, able to decrease the um, recurrence of C. difficile. Uh, the other thing is. Um, something that is very similar to bezlotoximab, um, it, 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 but it's, it, uh, it differs in that it's, it, it's uh, immunotherapy, but it's active immunization. So this is where uh, a patient would get a vaccine, and the vaccine would um, help them to produce their own antibodies. So it's active immunization versus bezlotoximab is passive immunization. And there are three different companies that are uh, working on um, vaccine um, products. The um, most advanced of these um, is a vaccine um, by Sanofi, and uh, they're um, late in phase three studies and um, they, they should be able to complete their studies sometime next year, and um, hopefully um, if everything is successful, um, they would have a product on the market um, hopefully in 2019. So, um, so they're the um, main things that are in development right now. Thank you so much, Dr. Dora. That is exciting, and we appreciate the updates on all the products and all the clinical trials um, that are going on. Uh, we can uh, share with our listeners that if they go to the cdifffoundation.org website, they can actually click on a tab to also read more about the clinical trials that are in progress. So thank you for sharing that. And, Dr., there are, uh, are there new studies ongoing or planned by Merck? Um, so at this point in time, uh, we are planning a pediatric study for bezlotoximab. Um, that study will enroll patients from one to less than 18 years of age. Uh, we are um, lo- um, we are looking um, to start this study before the end of the year, and we are actively recruiting study sites. Uh, we will be um, in approximately 20 countries. And we will start with the older age group, um, 12 to 18, and then after we uh, look at the pharmacokinetics uh, in that age group, as long as we can confirm that um, we have the right dose, uh, then we will open it up to the younger patients. So right now, that's, that's what we have planned. Uh, we also um, continue to evaluate other potential studies that we can do with bezotoximab, and we also um, evaluate uh, some study uh, ideas that are provided by external researchers, um, and uh, we have a a process at Merck to evaluate those on a quarterly basis. Um, Investigators can um, tell us about their ideas through our website, um, Engage Zone. So um, if anybody is interested and they have an idea, um, they, can, they can go to EngageZone at Merck.com um, and, um, and enter a proposal for new research. That's wonderful. Dr. Dorr, congratulations to you, the Merck Organization for the Pediatric Beslow uh, Study. That is amazing. And we know that pediatric CDF is definitely on the rise, uh, and this is so important. So thank you for that. And Dr. Dorr, antibiotic resistance is a problem today. We know that. Uh, what is Merck doing to address this urgent public health issue? Um, so Merck um, is committed to infectious diseases and has been developing products to combat infections for over 100 years. Um, it's really got a long history um, of antibiotic research. And in addition to antibiotics, um, we also have drugs that work against fungal infections and viruses such as hepatitis C and HIV. And then um, we also have many vaccine products. Um, so Merck is, um, is focused on not only treatment of infectious diseases, diseases but also on prevention and prophylaxis. 
Exactly. And the overuse of antibiotics contributes to the antibiotic resistance. What is Merck doing to um what is Merck doing to combat this? Um so thank you for that question, Nancy. Um Merck is taking action to combat antimicrobial resistance in, in multiple ways. As a global healthcare leader, Merck is investing our resources and expertise to drive innovation that promotes human and animal health and wellness by preventing and treating infections. We are leading in infection prevention through the development and production of vaccines. As I mentioned, um, these um, vaccines prevent infections and reduce antibiotic use. So that's one of the ways that we combat antimicrobial resistance um, by developing vaccines that reduce antibiotic use. Another thing that we do um, is um, drive innovation to research, develop, and commercialize new treatments and antibiotic alternatives to address important unmet medical needs. Um, So we have drugs in development um, for multi-resistant pathogens. We're also advancing antimicrobial stewardship programs to support the appropriate use of antibiotics and slow the pace of resistance. So um, we want to make sure that um, each patient gets the right antibiotic at the right time. And we're supporting global surveillance and awareness of antimicrobial resistance through our study for monitoring antimicrobial resistance trends, um, the SMART program, and through our antimicrobial resistance and antimicrobial stewardship awareness programs. So we're advocating um, for policy solutions as well. Um, So, you know, we have a a group in Washington that's advocating to address the global challenges limiting development of and access to new antibiotics, vaccines, and diagnostics, which are needed to combat antimicrobial resistance. Thank you so much, Dr. Doerr. We're going to take a commercial break at this time. When we return, we will continue discussing the latest developments in C. diff research and treatment with our guest, Dr. Mary Beth Doerr. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1 844 4CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Join us on November 9th and 10th for the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Learn from the leading international topic experts and connect with corporate sponsors and exhibitors providing products and services combating C. difficile and healthcare-associated infections worldwide. For more information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call one 877 2343. That's 1-844-4-C-DIFF. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? washed your hands. Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. 
For additional information on hand-washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Mary Beth Doerr, Ph.D., Clinical Director, Clinical Research, Infectious Diseases, and Product Development Team Leader for the Bezlotoximab, for Merck and Company Incorporated. Dr. Doerr is here with us today to bring us up to date with the latest developments in C. diff research and treatments. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Doerr. Thank you, Nancy. Oh, thank you. We're just so glad you're here with us today. And Dr. Doerr, before we close the program, would you like to share some key points from what was discussed today? Sure, Nancy. Um, as, um, you know, your listeners... Um, who've been with us since the beginning, um, no, I talked about bezotoximab, which is a unique new therapy for patients with C. difficile infection um, who are at risk for recurrences. It's a unique drug because it is the first FDA-approved non-antibiotic therapy for CDI, and it works by inactivating the cause of C. difficile infection symptoms, um, toxin B. So I also talked about how the antibiotics used to treat C. difficile infection cause disruption to the normal bacterial composition of the gut, or uh, in other words, they cause um, dysbiosis of the gut microbiota. And in this way, the antibiotics used to treat the infection actually contribute to the multiple recurrence cycle. Bezlatoximab is given as a one-time infusion at any time during the antibiotic treatment for CDI, and in this way, it is present in the blood system when the antibiotic treatment is ended, and it's available to protect against damaging effects of new toxin production during that period when the patient is most at risk for relapse or reinfection. I also mentioned that bezotoximab has a long half-life of approximately three weeks, and this provides a sustained period of protection during the time of microbiota disruption. And in preventing recurrence of CDI, the patient does not need a new course of antibiotics and the cycle of multiple recurrences is broken. Now, this is clearly a benefit to the patient, um, but there are also benefits to society. And I didn't mention these earlier, um, but I wanted to take the time to mention them now. By preventing recurrences, um, spread to other patients is reduced. So that makes sense, right? And there's also a benefit to healthcare payers, like insurance companies and the government healthcare budget. Fewer recurrences means fewer rehospitalizations, and fewer recurrences also means fewer new courses of antibiotics, which aligns with the goal to decrease the use of antibiotics to help with the problem of antibiotic resistance. I also talked about some other products in development. This is an exciting time for patients with C. diff with companies looking at many different types of treatments and preventions, and it is likely that we will have therapies in the near near future that will benefit more patients with CDI. Absolutely. And Dr. Doerr, how can our listeners find out more about uh, Bezlatoximab, uh, brand name Zimplava? So Merck has a website where patients and healthcare providers in the United States can learn more about Bezotoximab and also how to get it. Uh, the website is www.zinplava.com. That is Z-I-N-P-L-A-V-A.com. When you go to the website, you're going to find a two-page patient information leaflet and explains what Simplava is, how it's given, and possible side effects. And there's also a link on the website to find out about uh, the Merck Access Program. Now, this is a program to help patients find out if Simplava is covered by their insurance company 
um, options for co-pay assistance if, if it is covered by their insurance. And if they don't have insurance um, or their insurance company doesn't pay, um, there is uh, a patient assistance program and there's information to find out if the patient is eligible for this Merck's, um, for Merck's patient assistance program. Another way to get questions answered about Simplava is to call Merck and the number is one 800 444 2080. And again, that's 1 800 444 2080. And again, the website address is www.zimplava.com. Well, Dr. Dorr, thank you so much. And do you have any other closing comments you'd, want, you'd like to share with our listeners today? Um, just, um, I just like to say thank you so much for having me. It was an honor and a privilege, and I think that what you're doing, Nancy, is just phenomenal, advocating um, for patients and improving the lives of these patients by putting them in touch with information that can help them with their disease. Uh, well, thank you. It takes, uh, you know, a whole village for us to do that. And I thank you so much. You're a part of it. So we thank you for all that you do for the good of others, Mary Beth. So thanks for being here with us today. Thanks, Nancy. You're welcome. And Mary Beth, you have provided us with a wealth of information, and we certainly appreciate your time. We wish you, your colleagues, and the Merck organization continued success in researching and developing new medications to treat C. diff and treat recurrent C. diff and infections for a healthier tomorrow. We thank you and everyone for joining us today on C. diff spores and more global broadcasting network. Listen to our live broadcast every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time with our guests to discuss up to date information focused yet not limited to C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, clinical studies, environmental safety, and so much more. Once again, we thank our official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit their website, cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash Radio. We would also like to thank Synthetic Biologics for being a diamond sponsor of the 5th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo, taking place on November 9th and 10th in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more information about the conference, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website, www.cdifffoundation.org. We send out our get well wishes to all patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection and the many wellness-draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corella, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together.